0: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody up. Messi has got it. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan Rapino. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Blue wire. The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm gonna make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Four is inside. Jokic. Put it up. Jokic 23, 23. and a three. Welcome back in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride, from MileHighSports.com, your home for all Colorado sports, and I want to start this podcast out by saying thank you. I know it was a long hiatus of me not doing these shows. I was spending my time doing what I can to amplify black voices using my platform on social media, as well as volunteering my time to try and help out a little bit with the Black Lives Matters protests throughout these crazy times. So, I know it's been a while, but... The NBA season is seemingly on its way back. Who knows what actually happens? Who knows what even tomorrow holds? But as we know right now, on Saturday morning at 9 a.m., we know that the NBA schedule has been released. We know that the NBA is starting to get their plans together to send all of the teams to Orlando. Each team individually is getting their accommodations set up and when they are going to arrive, so on and so forth. So it very much so seems like we are on the path to the NBA season resuming for better or worse, um, I still am not personally very comfortable with how these things are opening, but there's one thing I want to make very clear without getting into a rant about this is the NBA is a business and they are going to do every last thing in their power to recoup the money that has been lost due to COVID-19 and all of the games that are no longer going to be played. So while I agree with everybody that this is extremely terrifying, there are multiple other options to not resume the season and just try and keep everybody healthy. I want people to also understand the other side of the argument, which is the money fallout from not having the rest of the season or the playoffs could lead to a lockout because the force majeure Uh, clause in the CBA allows the owners to rip the collective bargaining agreement to pieces and then trying to negotiate a new collective bargaining agreement during a global pandemic when nobody has any um, concrete figures for what they can expect financially in the future is just a complete and utter disastrous situation so while I, um, again, I am on the side of this is extremely terrifying to try and restart the NBA season, when you go in and you make that argument, just please keep that in the back of your mind that not playing the rest of this season will impact NBA basketball for the f- next five to ten years, if not even longer. So, the season is on its way back. We're going to have to come to you know, come to terms with that reality. So what I'm going to do today is we're going to start to get into all of the different storylines that have popped up over the past couple weeks as they relate to the Denver Nuggets and the resumption of the season. The first thing I'm going to get into is Nikola Jokic testing positive for coronavirus. I'll get into the facts that exist, how I feel about it, what the current situation is, and where Denver is going to go from here. We will also talk about Skinny Jokic, which apparently, according to... Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Jokic has lost 40 pounds. So we're going to get into if that's a good thing or a bad thing, what his weight could look like now, um, what it could do for his play style and things like that. We will also get into P.J. Dozier earning the Nuggets final two-way rosters or not two-way roster spot. P.J. Dozier getting converted from a two-way contract to a full-time NBA contract. It is his very first NBA contract after being undrafted out of the university of south carolina i have a big feature up on the way that pj dozier was able to get stability in the most unstable time in nba history and how alex english's mentorship and tory craig's advice were able to be two gigantic catalysts to get dozier to denver i'll talk more about that when i get to that part of the segment but go read that story on mile high sports if you haven't already Uh, Last and definitely not least is we will get into the schedule for the eight seeding games for the resumption of the NBA season. The Nuggets schedule is out. They're going to play eight different teams, Miami, the Thunder, Spurs, blazers the jazz the lakers the clippers and the raptors in that order i'm going to talk about the schedule um what the nuggets could potentially go in those eight games and then finally to finish out the show we will answer questions from listeners as i try and do as often as i can um this is going to be a very very jam-packed episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's very good to be back talking into this microphone again and talking about hoops, but please 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 make sure you take time to read about the plight of others for looking for racial equality and and you know does. The, dis- the breaking down of systemic racism and police brutality that exists in this world. I know basketball is returning. I know that it's going to be very easy to be distracted. I also know that the NBA players are going to do everything that they can do to be able to shed light on these issues during the season resumption. But to be very clear, all of the responsibility rests on the shoulders of everybody who is listening to this podcast who has not attempted to educate themselves. No one has ever done done being educated more and more about things that do not exist in their own life i am a white straight male it's not i will never know what it's like to be a trans black person in this world to be a black man or a black woman or to be a woman but we have to do what we can to look into the plight of others and understand the fear the anger the frustration that exists throughout so many pieces of what has made up our societal our societal fabric that has really held this country country together or depending on who you ask has ripped it apart so please go take the time to continue researching do not use this time to be distracted from the issues that are very clearly still um, needing to be addressed every single day in this country basketball being back is very good but the most important thing happening right now in this country is a revolution to push for true racial equality and the complete disavowment of the established systemic racism that exists throughout this country so that is is the last thing I'm going to say this podcast is presented by Bet Online. Um, I'm going to give you a quick word from Bet Online right now. So here's our quick first break, and I'm going to get into the Nuggets schedule, Nikola Jokic, and so many other things on the other side. I know it may seem crazy, but there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly starting to make their way back right now, especially the NBA, as you have already heard from this podcast. And BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all of UFC and NASCAR and Boxing and soccer. And then again, if you need even more than just those games to bet on, they even have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC all day long, live on their website that you can bet on at any given point. If that's not quite your shtick and you're looking for something beyond sports that you're able to bet on, Bet Online has hundreds. Of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets that you can check out. Visit betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag, and use promo code Blue Wire for a free welcome bonus. That is one word: Blue B L U E W I R E. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. So, obviously, the first thing that was on everybody's mind as the season started to get close to resuming was the report that Nikola Jokic, while back in Serbia, at a ceremony celebrating his former coach... Ended up contracting coronavirus. In addition to that, there were uh, a couple other players that played for the Serbian team who was actually going to be playing in that game who had tested positive for coronavirus after the fact, as well as, you know, t- tennis legend Novak Djokovic, Serbian tennis legend, who was also there, who Nikola Jokic was spotted hanging out with as well, also contracted coronavirus. So, Pretty easy assumption to make that at some point in that 36 hours of Nikola Jokic being in Serbia to um, celebrate his former head coach of mega basketball, he probably contracted it at some point then. Uh, The funny part about this is that all international players or players who were um, internationally based during the quarantine were supposed to be back in Denver or in their respective in-market areas by June 15th, I believe it was. Nikola Jokic got a special exemption to be able to go out to Serbia to celebrate his former head coach, and then he proceeded to contract coronavirus. Um, There was not a whole lot of mask wearing or social distancing at this event, so it's not incredibly surprising. Surprising that somehow Nikola Jokic ended up getting it. Um, According to Mike Singer of the Denver Post and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Nikola Jokic is asymptomatic, which means he is not showing any symptoms of coronavirus. This can be misleading. being asymptomatic, you can still be a carrier, which means you can give it to other people, and that does not mean it's not taking a negative toll on his body. We don't know what the long-term effects are going to be of this virus on people. We understand how it immediately impacts people in some degree, but we don't know what this could do to Nikola Jokic's body 10 years from now. We just don't know. So asymptomatic, feeling well, those are all great things to hear, but again, we don't know where he at. So um, hopefully Nikola Jokic will be fine. Hopefully Nikola Jokic will have a nice long career and this will never ever impact him and that once all of a sudden the coronavirus pandemic gets squashed, this can all be a part of the past. But right now, we just don't know. All we know is that Nikola Jokic tested positive for coronavirus. He is currently, as of right now, as far as I know, again, Saturday morning about 9 a.m., is in Serbia quarantining still. He did not fly to the States, obviously. Um, According to Adrian Wojnowski is reporting. They ex- Denver expects that Jokic will be back in Denver within the week. Um, Mike Singer of the Denver Post also reported that the Nuggets are not concerned about, um, or are not concerned that he won't be ready to travel to Orlando with him or with them. So Nikola Jokic is not with the Nuggets right now. He is not in the states. But overall asymptomatic and then and there's plenty of time to get Nikola Jokic back into Denver to get everything ready as the resumption of the NBA season gets closer and closer so those are the facts that's what exists we don't know what the impact will be I don't think that there's going to be a drastic impact in terms of the time that Nikola Jokic potentially lost to be getting time with with his teammates Um, this Nuggets team has incredible continuity and chemistry they understand each other extremely well I don't think the time away from the team is going to hurt Nikola But all of the potential catastrophe, you know, um, catastrophe events that could stem from getting COVID-19, especially in Nikola Jokic's circumstances, we just won't know about for quite a long time. The other part of Nikola Jokic that has been consistently spoken about over the past couple of weeks is the pictures from that same Serbian event where there, where the mega basketball coach was. Um, you know, they had the ceremony for him. Was the fact that Nikola Jokic looks like half of his body weight had just disappeared off of his body, according to reporting done by Adrian Wojanowski, Jokic is down forty pounds. I. <laughs> Forty pounds is a ton of weight. When we first started seeing the pictures pop up of how skinny Nikola looks, and how in shape he was, and Tim Connolly and Michael Malone and Jamal Murray are all talking about his beach bod and these abs that somehow exist on Nikola Jokic's frame. All of a sudden, you know, I, everybody started asking, "Is he too skinny now?" And I fought against it valiantly. I was like. I thought it was comical that after years and years and years of him being fat shamed over and over again by so many people in this league, whether it was media or fans or other players or whatever it was, all of a sudden, within just a 24-hour period, the conversation around Nikola Jokic was, wow, Nikola Jokic is too skinny. It was truly comedic to me, but the the, the the actual numbers of how much weight Nikola Jokic had lost had not yet been revealed at that point. I assumed he might have lost something like 20, 25 pounds. That would have been a big, big difference for him. But when you see the number 40... That is a very startling number to see for somebody losing that much weight over an eight-month period. I'm I'm not saying Nikola Jokic is unhealthy. I'm sure the Nuggets were involved in every step of the process, but that is going to change the way that you play basketball. Before I get into how it could impact him on the court, I want to take a step back, though, because when Nikola Jokic entered this season, when he, you know, when everybody was weighed and, you know, measured for their height accurately, you know, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes at my hands right now, as the NBA wanted to do, Nikola Jokic was listed as 282 pounds at the start of the season. If that was true, which I'm not saying it is or is not because I don't know, that would mean Jokic is hovering about 240 pounds, which, to be clear, is just not enough. It's just that that's just such a startling number compared to what he used to weigh. I mean, you're talking about Nikola Jokic going from one of the beefiest individuals in basketball to basically weighing what I believe Paul Millsap weighs. Uh, Paul Millsap, I'm looking this up right now. Yeah, Paul Millsap is 240. 247 pounds so now all of a sudden Nikola Jokic is we're supposed to believe weighing about the same weight that Paul Millsap does that's a mind-blowing thought I don't know if it'll be good or bad but what I will say is I don't believe it I it's not that I don't believe that he lost 40 pounds he absolutely could have lost 40 pounds what I don't believe is that he was 282 pounds when the season started what I believe is that Jokic was probably closer to 300, and now he's hovering around 260, which would make so much more sense for his body type. I don't know for sure. This is complete speculation, all conjecture. I truly don't know exactly what his weight was. No one really does. They're not going to like run around talking about how Nikola Jokic actually weighs 15 pounds more than they listed him at. That's not a thing that NBA teams look to do. So... I'm not saying it's true, but what I'm saying is that it makes a lot more sense that Nikola Jokic was around 300 pounds, then lost 40 pounds, and now he's sitting at a good 260, which makes so much more sense than him hanging out around the 240 range. Okay, now let's get back into the on-court um, discussion about what this could mean for Nikola Jokic. So, there's good and bad that exist within losing weight. Um, in my opinion, the good parts of this are he's going to be much more mobile, whether it's horizontally whether it's just pure explosion from a stop to getting to his top speed, whether it's just the lateral quickness to clear just a little bit more ground to be able to defend at a slightly higher clip. That slight mobility, if you get 5% more mobility with Nikola Jokic, that is a big, big, big deal in my opinion. And the reason why is because his IQ is so astounding and just out of this world that Every little advantage that Nikola Jokic can create physically for himself, he is going to be able to pull out all, you know, every last drop of production out of that advantage because he is so smart. So if suddenly Nikola Jokic is able to move five to 10% quicker and you add in the fact that he is so smart, you might actually get a 15% increase in production because, again, he can just use all of those tools that he suddenly now has at his disposal so much more um, functionally than a lot of other players could just because he is so fucking smart. So that's one thing that I think is going to be very interesting and also hasn't been spoken about enough. If Nikola Jokic is able to suddenly take a big step forward because he can finally catch up to his mental speed of the game physically that's a terrifying thought for the league um the other part of this the other good part of this in my eyes is this is um this is actually a theory that adamadez of dnvr put out there and he talked about it on the and reg- the real gm pod he did with danny larue but n- what if nikola Jokic lost this weight for particular matchups What if Nikola Jokic lost this weight because he played against Anthony Davis, got his ass handed to him, and he realized that they cannot beat the Lakers unless Nikola Jokic himself is a different body type and a different kind of player than he was when they played in January? So, let's work with that theory for a second. If you're trying to deal with an Anthony Davis, the biggest issue Nikola Jokic has is trying to deal with his face-up game from the elbow or trying to get around him when Nikola Jokic has the ball and Anthony Davis is rotating over defensively. If Nikola Jokic suddenly has that extra 5-10 to 10 um, percent more mobility he is not nearly as stuck on an island when he's playing against the face-up game of Anthony Davis at the high post he is much more equipped to be able to take advantage of the windows that exist as the weak side defenders rotate over all of those things against Anthony Davis are going to be able to be a slightly more functional Nikola Jokic um, again all this is theoretical until we actually see it play out on the court in real time I have, we have no idea how his, um, the less weight that he is carrying is going to translate to the basketball court. But I do think that we can say with uh, a decent amount of certainty that Nikola Jokic being more mobile and more nimble on his feet is only going to help him against the Anthony Davises of the world. So now let's take another step forward and talk about what could potentially be negative about Nikola Jokic losing this kind of weight because it is a lot of weight. Uh, so much of what Nikola Jokic's post game is predicated on is, of course, footwork, IQ, and touch. But he also can just bulldoze people. Like he has the frame to have those, Sha- you know, Shaquille O'Neal esque moments, to where he can just obliterate you and go right through you. There, are, I mean, we've seen this happen multiple times. Like he has just decided that Stephen Adams is not big enough and goes right through Stephen Adams. I don't think Nikola Jokic will be able to do that as easily if he is. Forty pounds lighter Um, even if he kept every last ounce of muscle on his body there is just a level of mass that allows you to be able just to lean on guys like that and be able to you know again create a new advantage the other part of this that I'm very 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 curious about is how is this going to potentially impact Nikola Jokic's rebounding One of the things that makes Nikola Jokic such an elite rebounder is you can't move him. I mean, the dude is a statue when you're trying to get him out of the post or out of rebounding position. If he is that much lighter, if he is 40 pounds lighter, and in a position that he is just not able to stand his ground and hold weight back like he originally used to, That becomes very concerning because so much of the Nuggets defense is predicated on the ability to grab a defensive rebound and end the possession. When they give up multiple possessions while they're on defense, that is very, very bad for the Nuggets overall scheme. So he has to be able to still rebound. He has to. Um, But still... To be fair, Nikola Jokic is so smart positionally, and he's always there early, that he should be able to mitigate the lack of mass with just his IQ, and just his touch, and the fact that his hands are so good. So, lots of layers to the skinny Jokic part of this. I really don't know how it's going to play out, but those are just kind of my initial thoughts as we start getting into basketball resuming. The next thing I want to talk about is P.J. Dozier. Uh, P.J. Dozier hails from Columbia, South Carolina, went to the University of South Carolina. His father, Perry, went to the University of South Carolina, where he actually met Alex English, Nuggets great and Hall of Famer, who also went to the University of South Carolina and still lives in South Carolina. To take this South Carolina roots part of the story a little bit further, one of the biggest reasons that P.J. Dozier is in Denver right now is because a fellow South Carolina native, Tory Craig was the one who gave him the advice that Denver would be a great fit for PJ Dozier before Denver even offered him a two-way contract. The South, Car- the, the South Carolina connections of PJ Dozier to the Nuggets has been huge. And it's such a cool, interesting story of how he was able to enter the most unstable time in NBA history with this global pandemic and find a sense of stability and to be able to get that first full-time NBA contract and to be confirmed that you are a professional NBA basketball player. So if you didn't see my reporting and a bunch of other reporting that was out there, PJ Dozier has signed a multi-year contract to be able to convert his two-way contract to where he will now be a part of the Nuggets' plans for the foreseeable future. He will be playoff eligible and he will probably be the fifth guard for the Nuggets who are thin in the backcourt as it is. Um Um, Dozier has earned this man that dude went through multiple injuries uh, went from a lottery talent and a top 25 recruit to an undrafted free agent who had to fight his way to the NBA through using two-way contracts on multiple teams and never really knowing what tomorrow holds. And all of that work, and all of the effort he put forward, all of the hours he spent picking the brain of Alex English, all of the advice he got from Tory Craig, finally led to him being able to feel established. And if you want to read more about P.J. Dozier's story and his path to get to the NBA, go to MileHighSports.com, read my big 2,500-word feature on it. Exclusive quotes from Tory Craig and from Alex English are in the story, but... PJ Dozier is a real player, man. He's six foot six with a near seven foot wingspan. He is a point guard who can defend three different positions. When he was in the G League, he flirted with triple doubles regularly and even played some power forward. The dude can just do everything. So as a like um to use a baseball term, a utility player off the bench like him is such a useful commodity in this day and age of NBA basketball. Um, but there's a ton about PJ Dozier on myliessports.com. I have my reported story from the news that came out, that he was going to be converted to a full-time contract, as well as the fact that I put his feature up about how he was able to get here. So go take some time to read it. It's a real I really enjoyed writing it, and I love the story of P.J. Dozier. Um, little quick little tidbit to add on there, when they converted P.J. Dozier to a full-time NBA contract, that then made Tyler Cook um, become the target for the Nuggets to sign into their final two-way spot. So Tyler Cook, who spent time in summer league with the Denver Nuggets, was also at training camp with them, I believe, for a little bit there. Um, Tyler Cook will now rejoin the team as a two-way contract player, which I think is a very smart decision. They get some more front court depth now that they have more back court depth with Dozier. Also, on top of that, Cook is just he was um. The Nuggets really liked what he brought to the table, and he got along incredibly well with the roster, and he has familiarity with the, with the actual system. So overall, I think it was a very good decision by the Nuggets to get Tyler Cook and convert P.J. Dozier. They no longer have an open roster spot on their roster, and this will be the team that goes to Orlando. All right, we're going to take our second break. I'm going to come back, talk about the NBA's schedule release, and then answer some questions from from listeners, if I can get my words out of my mouth. Uh, So give me a quick break, and I'll be back on the other end. Before I go any further, I need to take a minute to tell you about Terrapin Care Station. Throughout all of these chaotic times with the global pandemic and the civil unrest and the social injustices and the racial inequality that has existed in this world, so many people have tried to find some way to be able to get home and take a deep breath and unwind. And Terrapin Care Station has been so great at exactly that. They have been doing everything they can to be able to support the communities around them that are fighting for their rights and trying to stay safe from this global pandemic. And as essential workers, they have done a phenomenal job. Me, myself, I deal with a lot of anxiety and depression. Weed has been something that has always been able to kind of take the edge off from me before I go to bed and be able to kind of cut through that anxiety and give me a moment of, um of peace and clarity. So, if that sounds like you, if you're anything like me and you're looking for that, Terrapin Care Station is phenomenal. They have multiple locations across the Denver metro area. They got parking lots. They got discreet and very knowledgeable bud tenders who are able to get you what you're looking for. And overall, it is just a great place to be if you're looking for something to take the edge off in your life. So, go to terrapincarestation.com. Go look them up on Wheat Maps. Go check them out in person. All of those different 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 places are great to help out especially during these times they have been the longest standing supporter of this podcast so make sure you go show them some love and tell them that the Rocky Mountain Hoops uh, podcast sent you welcome on back in time to finish up this podcast and we're going to get into what the Nuggets final eight game schedule is going to be as well as a quick four questions that were sent in by listeners to be able to answer as well so Let's just dive into it. No reason to give a preface to that. Uh, the Nuggets season is going to resume. They are going to have their very first game on July f- or on August 1st. Um, it'll be against Miami at 1 p.m. Eastern time. That means it'll be 11 a.m. on August 1st will be the Nuggets' first seeding game of the resumption of the NBA season. One thing you will realize about these games is that all but three of them that we know about are going to be pretty early in the day, which is very, very funny. I was reading Harrison Wynn's piece on TNVR, and his lead was, it's a good thing there's a Keurig in all the Grand Destino hotel rooms. And I was like, yep, that about fits, but... The Nuggets will be playing 8-1 against Miami at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Local Time in Orlando. They will then have a day off and then take on the Thunder on the 3rd of August at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, which will be 1 p.m. our time. Um, then another day off, then the Spurs on the 5th of August at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Denver. Then a back-to-back. They will then play against Portland the very next day at 8 p.m. Eastern, which will be 6 p.m. Denver. Obviously, that is the very first late night game for the Nuggets, is going to be that game against Portland. But who knows how dedicated Portland actually is. One thing that will be interesting is that Yusef Nurkic will be healthy and should play in that game. The Nuggets will then have a day off, and then on August eighth, they will take on the Utah Jazz at three thirty Eastern, which will be one thirty Eastern or, or uh, Mountain time for the Nuggets. That is a very very early game. Um, By the way, they're going to be doing like seven games a day throughout the seeding games at three different courts, so very Summer League-esque, so it makes sense that there's a reason that these times are so early. Um, Then the Nuggets will play two late-night games. They will play the Lakers on August 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Denver, and then they will play the Clippers on the 12th of August, two days later, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Denver. And then lastly, on the 14th of August, they will play their final seeding game against the Raptors, but that time is to be determined, so we don't really know. When you look at the schedule, it seems pretty tough. And to be fair, Jacob Goldstein, who does great projections and, and statistical work on the NBA, he has the Nuggets as the the toughest schedule in the Western Conference for the remaining schedules. So it's not going to be an easy walk in the park. It just simply isn't. But the Nuggets have the benefit of the way their schedule is created. So Miami is going to be tough because Miami is tough. Oklahoma City's no is no slouch. San Antonio is you know death taxes Spurs. Portland is and you. Utah are both division opponents, so there's a lot of volatility there. But Denver is better than all four of the, or all five of those teams. They are better than Miami. They are better than the Thunder. They are better than the Spurs. They are better than the Blazers. And they are better than the Jazz, especially without Bogdanovich. If the Nuggets take care of their work, early if they win those games they will almost assuredly lock up at least the 3 seed they would have to go like 6 and 2 while the clippers go 4 and 4 to grab the 2 seeds that's unlikely but this is where things get shaky if the nuggets come out of the gate slow and they lose two or three of those first five games, you suddenly might have to play the Lakers, the Clippers, and then the Raptors in succession while you're fighting for seeding. And what that does is you leave it up to fate. Are the Lakers going to be resting or are they going to be playing for something at that point? Same thing goes for the Clippers. Same thing goes for Toronto. If you leave it up to fate and suddenly you need a win against one of those three teams to be able to hold on to that three seed, that is extremely concerning for the Nuggets so the way they play in those first five games is going to be hyper important I would imagine that the Nuggets might end up losing that first Miami game because Miami is always prepared and it's such an uncomfortable resumption of the season Um, I would imagine they would beat the Thunder the Spurs the Blazers and the Jazz I think they would lose to the Lakers beat the Clippers and then a toss-up for the Toronto game so what I am looking at is either 6-2 and or 5-3 and throughout that stretch, which would most likely lock Denver into that three seed. We'll have to just wait and see. We don't know how the play is going to look like. We don't know how sloppy you guys are, how out of shape they are, who gets coronavirus, who gets injured. There are so many variables. We just truly don't know. So we got to just wait and see how it shakes out. So that is the schedule. August 1st it starts, August 14th it ends, and we will get straight into the playoffs after that. So we are just a little bit less than a month away from NBA basketball being back. It is currently the 27th, so you're literally talking about a month and a few days, and you will be watching basketball again on your TV so long as You know, things go as they are planned, which I am not planning for. So still, I digress. Let's move into some questions from listeners. I got four in here. Um, One of them is kind of random. I just wanted to answer it because I love the question. But let's just dive in. Jordan Scott asks, do you think Jokic will look to add more weight before the season starts? Um, this is a fascinating question because it comes into the uh, discussion of how will the nuggets feel about how much weight he has lost. I would assume that Nikola Jokic would be more in the weight room than he currently has been. So instead of trying to build this lean muscle like he has been at home using resistance bands and staying in cardiovascular shape, he'll be able to start bulking up a little bit again. So I do imagine he'll add a little bit of weight, but the question is, is can you add or lose enough weight to where it makes a difference? Clearly, Jokic has already lost enough weight. Um, I just don't know if the amount he can put back on will be meaningful enough to make a a, a drastic difference in the way that he approaches the game. Uh, Grant Carey on Twitter asked, any chance Michael Porter Jr. sneaks onto an all-rookie team this year? I love this question because um, I don't know if anybody else listened to it, but Zach Lowe and and a good friend of mine, Chris Herring, uh, they did a podcast where they discussed rookie teams. They discussed who they were going to have on such team, and Chris Herring actually floated the idea that Michael Porter Jr. might have earned a spot on that second rookie team. The reason why is that when you get into the forwards on the second rookie team, there's like twelve dudes who could have a, a realistic shot at like two spots. So, the way I view it is that if Michael Porter Jr. has a great eight games for the for, for the seeding games, which From what I have been told, he looks very healthy and very good right now and just, you know, whatever safe runs that these guys are able to get out to and all the work he's put in at the gym. Um, So I think if he has a good eight game seeding, I think there is a realistic shot that he makes an all-rookie team. He hasn't played enough minutes, I don't think, to fully be able to lock himself into it, but that doesn't mean that he won't make it a run. So I do think you'll see his name mentioned for the all-rookie team, but I don't think he will make it. Uh, Sean Zhu asks, "Jokic's offensive game is more finesse than Shaq's than Shaq type interior presence. How does his weight loss impact that?" Uh, this is a great question. It's it the the. I, this is so hard to phrase. I guess the balance that you want to find is where Jokic is not losing so much of his power game um, that he's actually becoming an overall net negative for the change that he made. You want to see growth from his weight loss outweigh what he has lost from the weight gain. I know that sounds weird, um, but if he has to rely on his power game at all times, he's, not, he's going to have a more concrete ceiling than he would if he could alter his body in the way that he has so i don't know how much it's going to impact him again it just depends on how he plays and what he looks to do with the different body type that he now has but whatever decision he makes it has to outweigh the alternative and that's really the only way i can phrase it uh shy shy city and i see uh sorry shy shy city I, I don't know how to say your name, my guy. I'm really sorry. You always send great hip hop questions, and this was another good one. Uh, thoughts on the new Freddie Gibbs Alchemist collab? So if anybody hasn't already heard it, Freddie Gibbs dropped a new album that was produced by Alchemist that is called Alfredo. And boy, is that just a phenomenal album. One of my favorite parts about this album, and I know that I'm probably talking to like four of you who actually enjoy hip-hop on the same level, but The Alchemist is one of my favorite producers because he is so unique. And one of my favorite projects that The Alchemist ever put together was his Russian roulette um, project that he put out in 2012, which was really um. I don't want to say it was just beats, it wasn't just a production tape, it was an experience, it was a project, he really put a lot of time into it, this album, this Alfredo album with Freddie Gibbs was the first time I can remember being like, oh shit, there's the Russian roulette samples that I haven't heard on any other songs but that single project that he put out, and then when you put Gangster Gibbs voice over the unique levels of Alchemist beats, it just creates this symbiosis that you would never expect, but it's Brilliant. Like, it's absolutely brilliant. It's the same reason that Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs work together so well. Um, Freddie Gibbs has that deep, intense, powerful, um, raspy voice that has this. Um, it has a leverage to it it has an impact behind it that when paired with such a unique style of production as both of those producers it just creates such a beautiful sound and I really enjoy his music and that that Alfredo album was so good so please take the time to go listen to it um that's how I'm gonna end this podcast apparently you get hip-hop insight from me we talk about some fat shaming we'll get into all kinds of other weird stuff and it was a fun podcast I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed it I will be back with more of these in the very near future because I am now back in the saddle when it comes to to NBA and Nuggets coverage. But until then, please stay home. If you're not staying home, wear a damn mask. Just be courteous. I don't care how you feel about wearing a mask. We don't need more people than the 122,000 people who have already died dying. Wear a mask. Stay home. Support the Black Lives Matter protests. Amplify black voices. And please 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 continue to do what you do and stay safe thank you guys again for everything that you've done to support the show we will talk to you again in the very near future